the, the finest. Welcome to this week's news round, very special bumper news round, with special guest Steph, aka the Welsh Joseph Tito. Steph, how are you? Pretty good, like I'm leading my band of gorillas into the forest, it's all doing well. Um, Kieran, who also has a band of gorillas or chimpanzees and is uh, leading in with Steph, uh, is joining us too. The Double Dark, Kieran, you okay? All right, how are you doing? Uh, and special guest from Repeater Radio, Dr. Dan Evans. Uh, Honoured to have such a high-flying uh, uh, Twitter celeb. Of the English commentary. Yeah, the English commentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so happy to be here, lads. Um, thanks for having me. It's proper jokes, yeah. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So we've been planning to do something like this for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a few months now and it's only now that we've all um we all took a bit of a cruise together um we got a good deal where we ended up on like um <laughs> a shipping uh boat and we're all stuck in a sewers canal so we've got nothing else to do really so uh fortunately we're uh, gonna use this time to do a news round bumper news round so uh as is custom covid update what is the covid update i you it's all right now like fine. <laughs> it's all gone <laughs> It's um, we're still like, was it the cases are basically level, so they've like plateaued. They've been like the same plateau for about two weeks now. Like I think deaths in, in general have gone down and there, but they're like vaccinating everyone's pretty good. Like that's what I heard. But it's not, like it's been a year of lockdown. Isn't it? My like my fucking head. Like I don't even know like how far it's gone because I I think I was pretty far gone at the start. I just like completely fucking lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's the COVID stuff. update. It's not like yeah. that. It's like Steph's sanity. He's like fucking rocking back and forth on my office. He's wearing he's wearing a ghillie suit as well. Like so I've also just him. noticed that um, just joining Skype and Steph's AV, it says baboon power one. <laughs> oh shit, man! <laughs> I fucking did. I've forgotten that myself. Like I think it's my old hot mail email address. <laughs> Going to job, inter- all job interviews, like. I remember, <laughs> I remember, like, fucking doctor I used to work with. And he's like, someone's like, oh, yeah, I've got this really interesting research. He's, like, talking to a consultant. And then he's like, oh, what's your email address? And, like, this young doctor, like, had to give out his hotmail email address. He, like, he looked like he was going to die of embarrassment. The funniest thing, he's like, yeah, it's actually, like, you know, like, a fucking, like, where they got, like, a Welsh boy 25 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fucking classic 2000s era. Oh, it was Power Artist 69. <laughs> Power Bottom 52. <laughs> Kieran actually works in a hospital. So what's it like in the hospital in terms of COVID? Um, well, I spoke to a consultant the other day and he said that he hadn't seen a positive case in two weeks. Oh, there you go. In e. um, so, yeah, it's definitely dropped. And, like, there was a period in A&E where literally, like, all of the areas that were sort of not the main kind of part of A&E, but the, 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 the areas that were doored off, were full of COVID positive patients basically and now that's gone down to there being no COVID positive patients so it's been like a dramatic change in the last few weeks definitely wild what's that like it was fucking like driving me completely fucking insane at the start of the pandemic when you had like sort of uh, troops as like go- going around hospitals and going like it's completely empty look there's nobody here and it's oh, like actually, the fucking you know, hospital you're in the corridor <laughs> 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 
It does happen. I had that a few times where, where you have a patient saying, like, oh, on the news, they said it's really busy, but it's dead in here, isn't it? It's like, well, yeah, go up to the wards. It's like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Your pediatrics, like, calm down. There was a guy during the, the very peak in December where literally all the wards were, like, spilling over with, with people dying, you know, and mm. like, really seriously ill patients. And he picked someone up from one of the wards downstairs and he said, um, uh, I, you've got to like we, when we take people home, we have to ask them a, like a series of questions, like "Have you had coronavirus?" He's like, "Ah, oh, don't believe in it, mate." <laughs> You're in for one yeah. of the major hotspot COVID hotspots in the country right now. <laughs> What's that, man? Like it's fucking. Uh, it's always just insane. They're like the, the ways in which people conceive of their own health and like their yeah. own relationship to illness. But it's like if we all just walk around thinking we're gonna get fucking ill all the time, we'd go completely insane. That's obviously what's happened as a society now, where you had the Captain Tom shit. Like that's where you had people like clapping for carers and clapping for Boris and just like clapping themselves. Like it's fucking ridiculous. I'm very unhappy to have lived through this period of history. Did, um, did Neil McAvoy pay you a special visit in his waistcoat? Like uh, just saying it doesn't exist. He was there just like furiously trying to buy a toilet brush just from Morrison's, just like freedom! Scream! <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing with McAvoy, like with his waistcoat, he either looks like a professional snooker player or he's just like a like a street magician, like just going around. <laughs> the two most powerful uh, vibes. Like. Yeah, so I mean, we were going to do this just after um, one of the segments, but I think it can segue into it now. But um, yeah, we were all just um, signed up to McAvoy's Propel Party, who, yeah, uh, yeah. amongst other things, well, a pro Propel podcast and always has been. Yeah. <laughs> So amongst um, other things he's proposing, main one is to reverse all of lockdown. <laughs> Good times. Good timing as we're coming out of lockdown. Fucking riding a can on a navy boat. Like, like. Yeah, just running around like Cardiff streets, putting coins behind people's ears like and trying <laughs> to levitate like a few inches off the ground. Some of the um some of the artwork they produced already, like they did one which is like I think it's like King Knut, and then there's like freedom is like behind him on the beach, and or maybe it's Mo, maybe Moses, I don't know. And the sea is like the Welsh people, but like it's just I don't know who's done it. It looks like a child's a child has done it, um, and that's like, and then you think it's like fan art, but then it's like actually on the Propel Facebook. <laughs> I love it. Facebook uh, page is incredible. Well, I was saying earlier that, yeah, the, 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 the whole party does genuinely seem like a year nine um, <laughs> like politics project. Like, set up your own political party and make the posters for it and like, set, <laughs> make up some policies. It's inc- I mean, it is incredible. Like, McAvoy has obviously provided, like, sensational value over the years. Like, the stuff he's done, like, in the Senate, like, just from being, just from being, like, literally physically fenced off from everyone because they all hate him. Um, you know, like, cons- consistently, like, actually suspended from the Senate <laughs> like a child and not allowed to contribute. Um, and, you know, wiretap, like, bugging other members of the parliament, you know, following behind them, threatening them. Uh, <laughs> Mick, like, he's just chasing Mick Anthony, like, just being like, was that your card? Mick, yeah. was that your card? Like, <laughs> but I mean, I, we will, we will miss him, like, when he's gone, because, like, there's... You'll there's never just, die. But the, never go. But it's, like, you have to respect, like, you know, he's, you know, obviously he's got a slim, you know, very slim chance of, of winning Cardiff West. And now it's like, well, 
what can I do? And it's like, the, you know, the, the last gasp thing is to pivot into like a full on anti-lockdown um, sort like of... right-wing conspiracy thing. But it's yeah, like, right-wing But it's just purely because he wants another five years of 60 grand, you know, 60 grand a year. Like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's never... Well, he's been a professional politician for, what, 20-odd years, I'd imagine. So, you know, he, he's a man who's very financially comfortable and obviously he's used to a certain standard of living and he doesn't want to have to get a real job like everyone else. You'll, uh, you'll just <laughs> end up. And to that end, he will do absolutely yeah. anything. To be fair. Oh, they're also pro-fracking. Yeah, I was going to say he's going to end up like, uh, if he loses, just working for a fracking company. Nuclear pro-fracking agenda. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Like, but what constituencies? So he's, he's appealing to like right-wing right-wing conspiracy theorists and um you know and well there's a lot of people who are anti-lockdown and hate drakeford that's a smart move but then he's what going for like the evil gas natural gas tycoon like um, <laughs> well, i like he's being bankrolled by any or something yeah combined with like romantic welsh nationalism it's a really bizarre mix and like what's always blown my mind with like mcavoy and basically people like in his broader orbit is there aren't that many like socially conservative Welsh nationalists. There aren't that many of them left. Like it's not that big a vote. If you're gonna you know go for like a fucking constituency, you wouldn't choose that if you're starting from zero. He's obviously like boxing himself into a corner where he's just supporting Welsh independence, but also thinks that you know fucking uh, like Wuhan virus was was invented in a lap or something. Yeah, it's yeah. like how the, how the fuck is he gonna hold these two things together? Like the fucking legend though, and I would like to kiss him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Word for him, like. Well, he's um. I've always got a lot of time for McAvoy because he's like a fellow Endermorph. Um, <laughs> he's part of it. He's part of Endermorphs United. Um, so he's like one of our. He's one of that our. Was, hey, one of what, the patrons of my charity. That was um, um, what Propel originally was, wasn't it? <laughs> The big lads, the big lads alliance. Like. Yeah, massive drink, massive like sea lion head, just gets bigger and bigger. Um, <laughs> Magnavon I mean, just tanned himself on a beach, like on the rocks. It <laughs> is, it is a scandal. I mean, I, I cannot believe that the elections are actually like going ahead. It's like, yeah, yeah. like no one actually gives a shit about the fact that we're going to be locked into another five years of like, you know, horrific neoliberalism administered by the world's worst party. Um, with a turnout of what twenty percent, because no one's going to be. It's because no one's going to be. Perfect time, like it, like in terms of voter apathy and lassitude, it's the perfect time to have an election because like people are just so like miserable and sick of everything. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, Labour, whatever. Yeah, but but like I mean, I think you know genuinely it's gonna you know it's devastating for like it'll be devastating for Wales. Like I think the Conservative vote will just be through the roof, like you know. There's a, there is, I mean, it's a slim chance, but there is a chance that there could be a conservative people, you know, a conservative majority or conservatives could form a majority with like abolish. Um, but like Labour obviously are like, well, we think we'll win. So we'll just hold it and not allow anyone to, you know, campaign yeah. or canvas. Because um, obviously there should, in theory, you know, this going ahead under these circumstances should benefit the incumbents. There's been no attempt it's the first election where there's been like 16 year olds allowed to vote. There's been no attempt to like engage with young people or like do voter registration drives. It's like so unbelievably cynical. It's like, here you go. We'll increase, like, we'll lower the voting age. We won't give you any more information or like re- encourage you to register vote. Won't even tell you when the election's coming up. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it really actually is an affront to democracy. I think Plaid probably think that it's good. That the, I think Plaid think that the conservatives are going to get. A huge vote share 
which will actually then be good for Plaid because they'll be like in a kingmaker position um, because the Labour will need to form a coalition with Plaid, basically. I, so, I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's, there's way too much support for, well, the misreading of how success, supposedly successful um, Labour handled COVID. And I don't underestimate that. People are... Like people in Wales are really behind Rickford right now, and I, I really can't see there being. I know, man. It depends. I mean, yeah, I'm the Paul Lynn, the like, yeah, the Paul Lynn, like the most recent All Wales poll, which was I think you have was was, it, was that Roger Scully's one? No, no I don't fucking know. Oh. <laughs> but like, um, I think it's thirty-five percent Labour and thirty-five percent Tories. It's like the first time in modern history where Labour and Tories like were level in Wales. And I can imagine, like, if you think about like the sort of levels of engagement and the motivation to vote for these parties, I can imagine like the people who think that Boris Johnson's a fucking legend, or, like there's part of any of them just in the world in general. But the people who think that are way more motivated to go out and fucking vote late Tory in every election than Labour voters are going to be in this particular context. I don't I know. Think... I, I, I disagree with that. I, disagree. <laughs> I think I think the thirty five percent of people who um, are behind Labour in Wales, if you ask them who would you vote for the vote Labour in Wales, are much more likely to vote than the thirty five percent of people who so who say they'd vote for the Welsh Conservatives when they, what they mean is they'd vote for. Boris Johnson, um, far. I think they're far. They're a they're a voter base far likely to go out and vote in May. What's that like? They look okay. They look Westminster. All it'll thing is, I think Labour will win comfortably. That's my prediction. All 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 it'll take though is like if if I was Boris and I was like you know a British Tory with any sense, I would be like I'd sniff blood and go right. Labour are unpopular in Wales, like, and I do think they are like massively outside. Like, like my, like obviously my experience is limited to like, you know, non-traditional areas like Cardiff and Porth Call, but like people despise Drakeford, like despise, despise <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welsh Labour with like to, the far more than they despise Boris. Um, and I don't know many people that despise Drakeford apart from you. It's completely unanimous about, in like every every WhatsApp group I'm in, all my football groups. Yeah, but to be fair, the WhatsApp groups that you're in are not particularly representative of. of uh, no, but I but I do I do I don't think he's I don't think he's popular at all, Drakeford. I think I, I disagree. I think there's a lot of soft support for Drakeford at the moment. Are uh, you uh, Drakeford's but I do think that if I was if I was if I was Boris and I would sniff blood after, after that poll, all you've got to do, like yeah. the the way it's, it's set up in terms of no one's able to canvas, you know, the Conservatives got like all the money in the world. All they've got to do is pay for like mass leaflet dumps, just like they did in the general election, and Labour won't be able to compete with that. Um, they can they can basically whip whip the media to like just go on an anti-Drakeford like campaign <laughs> and pro-Boris campaign and all it'll take would be a month but the thing is it's like I do honestly think that you know over the last 20 years we've laid the groundwork for creating basically a nation of fucking Tories that's just <laughs> simple fact you know we've got a nation of aspirational homeowners in Wales like you know and the labor you know the, the labor base is, is is dried up like you know like the social basis of laborism have been have been destroyed. So what is it? Like a, is it, is it, is it a residual fondness for Labour? 
It's not based in any like. Yeah, but it's a fondness for new laborism, isn't it? And that's what they've paved the way for. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you that there's there's always the risk of a major swing to the Tory party in this country. I think it'll happen eventually. See of land, you know, uh, home second homeowners and and. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, the petty, petty bourgeois living in new build estates in South Wales, and then English blow-ins in their second homes in in Gwynedd, um, yeah. or all the Welsh people live in London. But uh, I <laughs> if COVID <laughs> if COVID hadn't happened, then it would be a different story this year. But I think because of COVID, I think Labour will 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 win it. To be honest, I think both of you are neglecting uh, Welsh Labour's key five points coming up to the election. Um, yeah, that was incredible. It was an amazing yeah. video launch. Incredible video well, launch. And you are also forgetting that Keir Starmer's endorsed Mark Drakeford. <laughs> <laughs> Who do they think he's going to appeal? He's going to appeal to like the most, you know, the, the the worst, probably the worst Labour leader in history, like universal, <laughs> universally unpopular, yeah. like outside, you know, a very small coterie of insane EU flag shaggers. Um, That's the thing with, with Keir, is he looks like the, he looks and feels like the people who are the fucking people who run the Labour Party. Yeah. Like sort of general sort of M25 area, like very well-educated, very fucking professionally turned out bloke. And they're like, well, obviously everyone loves exactly who I am. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we'll just elect this person. You are universally then, despised. Yeah. It's like, the moment, like, I've said it before, uh, like off off chat, but he's literally the only thing on earth that makes me homophobic. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and just like, just hate up. yourself even more, like yeah, yeah. Just another like, reason for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, people are like, oh yeah, like what would people is like this professional, you know, manager type. People want someone who looks like he's a good leader, can run an organisation and stuff. And it's like the country literally just fucking elected Boris Johnson, <laughs> like a fucking like like a like a like a dwarf that's been like rolled through cornflakes. Like oh yeah, <laughs> fucking Boris Johnson leading the entire country. But so, yeah, we put up Keir Starmer against it. It's just like some kind of anthropomorphic, like butcher's window type thing, isn't it? Like, <laughs> bit of ham that came to life. That me that like the, the Welsh Labour video. Sounded like what would you say? It sounded like it'd been voiced by someone who'd just been woken from a coma, and they just put an audio <laughs> cue in front of them. And we're like, "Can you just read this? It's your first Welsh Labour <laughs> will promise to build a national suicide forest." But it was actually incredible. And I mean, we were like, you know, "What?" So basically, all the policy, all sex policies have been stolen from from blood recovery, recovered COVID recovery catcher program for the NHS and schools, new medical school in North Wales. So the new medical school in North Wales, plight of call for that probably the last decade been repeatedly vetoed by Vaughan Gethin because it was like we don't need work there and then it's like you know oh there's like no there's no medical care in the whole of North Wales um but we don't produce any doctors because they'll have to go to England they just um, use um just use the natural earth and they just kill themselves <laughs> with like forage berries and nettles yeah. Young persons guarantee with an offer of work education or training for all under 25s how how on earth is that going to work well so basically that's just going to so every single person under twenty five is going to be offered little duties, probably. Yeah, I, I don't see how it like, it'll, it'll be the chance to train as an estate agent because um, <laughs> Terry <laughs> Matthews is like a kickback. Are you going? Are they going to like you know make further education free or make apprentices paid? So these will all be like unpaid apprentice yeah. apprenticeships. Um, the real living wage for social care staff. So obviously, like during COVID, you know. 
the scandal in care has been so acute that the Welsh government were reported, it, was it to the International Court of Human Rights? Yeah, for breaching the rights. Yeah, and people have been consistently <laughs> calling for like a national care service, like the UK Labour Manifest 2019 National Care Service, you know, um, applied national care service. Even Labour backbench has been called for a national care service for years. Um, and well, they were just consistently vetoed it, but now they're the real living wage for social care staff. But they, they call for living wage. They, they claim to be a living wage country now. And I work for a, a you know, a, a homelessness charity that doesn't pay the living wage. They don't like, it's it's meaningless anyway. Like, um, a greener future with the abolition of single-use plastics and the creation of, as Nate said, the suicide, national suicide. Yeah, so everyone can, it'd be a tourist attraction, like. Uh, safer communities with uh, 500, uh, well, oh, so they're only safe, safeguarding. I know, they're safeguarding. We're and keeping people in hundred. Because what makes communities safer is police officers with no power. <laughs> So not I, like, yeah, like not police officers. But have police you heard officers. of the what they're called? Yeah, but they'll be there. And to be fair, they will be able to enforce the no parking on the pavement laws. Ah, yeah. so <laughs> radical new laws. Um, the creation of thousands of jobs in a low carbon house building revolution. So are they committed to even a number? Because I mean, they've they've missed their council house building uh, target every single year. I think they were like, was it thirteen thousand short last year? Last time I checked, or something like that. Or seven thousand short. That short. is because they've already given Red Row a hundred million. But like, can't contrast that with like the the, the, the you know the Corbyn's Corbyn's manifesto increase health budget by four point three percent and um abolish like private provision in the NHS raise a minimum wage to ten quid um stop state pension age rises introduce national care service um UK net carbon zero by twenty thirty nationalise. Nationalise key industries, you know, nationalise the national grid, water industry, Royal Mail Railways, and BT. Scrap to be fair, our, our, our rail is nationalised now that they can't make a profit. People <laughs> can't keep up with all these promises. Uh, too many, yeah, too many. They weren't realistic. Good ideas. Oh, fucking panel, man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, I've gone into like a deep fucking spiral now, just thinking what we could have had. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was always worth not thinking about the 2019 election as far as you can. Like, fuck it up. No, man. Well, like, uh, what is it? Mostly, but like, yeah. Basically, whenever you say like arranging a living wage, um, that depends who's setting the idea of the living wage, isn't it? So the fact they're like, oh, we're setting up a national living wage. It's like, are the Living Wage Foundation going to be involved in that? Like, who the fuck's going to be deciding what kind of living wage this is? But it's also like, with the National Care Service thing, if you actually had a National Care Service, then you could arrange to pay everyone working in care a fucking living wage. But they're not going to set that up. It's going to be still parceled out to private providers and what kind of fucking ability are they going to have to compel them to actually pay a decent fucking wage? I can't foresee them actually doing it. It's yeah, just it's a way of subsidising um, pr- private care homes and agencies uh, rather than actually... That's what will happen. The government uh, end up paying for it. It's care service. Because it, it, it is genuinely like the, sc- the scandal of this generation, the way that uh, older people are treated in this country is absolutely abysmal. And But without actually giving care workers like yeah decent pay but decent contracts decent yeah. training and, and make it a, a worthwhile career you know to invest yourself in because it, you know it is a highly skilled job it's a really difficult and stressful job actually it's the fucking yeah it's the hardest game in the world isn't it like the fashion it's but, fucking incredibly difficult yeah. it's an incredibly difficult job it's not just covid though like there's been you know what in the last however many 
it seems like every uh, day there were like constant new scandals from care homes like failures of care in these privatized care homes run by like these spivs you know who are just like you know it's run by some it's just some bloke who runs a care home and pays <laughs> and like no one makes a connection between like he's got a bigger van like as well an hour and having no problem and you know a staff pay two pound an hour sorry with no training and made to work like 15 hour shifts on the bounce they don't make the connection between that and or oh, this old person's been like just left in the chair for like four days because yeah. it's just too chaotic. But like I honestly think after you know Drakeford now was a care he was a care minister. He had report after report after report sent to him about failures in the care sector, the fact the abuses of staff, the fact that private care homes weren't allowing trade union organising. You know he like firsthand has been informed of all this stuff. So there's no and then now we've had the fucking COVID crisis where. What was it? Like that, some huge percentage of all the Welsh deaths occurred in care homes. For him to now still not commit to a national care service is like, I mean, I don't give a fuck if he eats cheese or plays a clarinet. That's like, that's a, it's unforgivable. Like, it, it, that's why I don't, I don't understand why people are like, oh, he's a nice old man. Well, he's, well, he isn't because he's, if you're a nice man and you're a socialist, apparently, you have the strength of your convictions and go, well, this is something we can do now. I mean, like, Plaid fully costed it. Like, they fully costed it. It cost, I think it was, like, 200 million or something like that. And it's already, subs- like, the Welsh government already pay, like, 85% of it. They just pay. Yeah, yeah. and the, the the most insane thing about it is that I think people, I know this is, like, a cliche, but people are clearly forgetting that they do get old, and they will get <laughs> And what will happen is you will end up in one of these care homes exactly. and it will happen faster than you think. <laughs> and, and we have the opportunity and we fucked it. It's, um, yeah. Well, it's just like, if, if not now, like if not now, after like, you know, this incredible, ridiculous year and all these failures, then they'll never do it. And the reason they won't do it, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. Like fundamentally, obviously I despise that party and I do think they're like just rotten and like, yeah, but like, you know, the, the, what they've obviously thought is like, oh, we're going to have a, there's going to be an election. We're not going to let anyone campaign. We'll probably win. No one's going to kick off and no one has kicked off, even though it's like an affront to democracy. And so, and because they're so, hegemo- they think they're so hegemonic, which they're actually not, then they've, that's why they don't even need to come up with these ideas. And they just like, they, someone literally must have come up with that manifesto in like under, under an hour, like, <laughs> like just. And just scanned, scanned Plaid's like manifesto last year and gone, I'll oh, take that. Take that. <laughs> change, change some of the words. Like, <laughs> yeah, cross just, it out. Can just stuff. imagine like Ken Skates and Mark Drakeford and his little like at his garden strategizing over a risk board and like it's Ken Skates using like, his Batman figures. Like, <laughs> I think the best possible scenario would obviously be a Plaid Labour coalition, but within that, like Leanne Wood or Dareth Jewell. like getting a ministerial position, that's mm-hmm. actually like the best possible scenario at the moment would be to have one to have one left-wing person in a position of power like so someone to replace <coughs> leslie griffiths or like hannah fucking blithin or something like that or lee waters um but then again labor labor's biggest target is the ronda so they're going after leanne wood so <laughs> like doesn't matter there's all do, these do you know what happens like abercon we mcavoy will get his seat and become kingmaker like it'd be amazing <laughs> yeah i love him man we need it like he's the leadership that we need yeah well this is a, well this is the thing we could have feasibly have an incredibly boring like labor applied coalition and then you know nothing would progress it would happen 
So in that, you need, I'm sorry, but you need someone who's actively conspiring to bug other other entities <laughs> and like, and, thre- and physically threatening. <laughs> and consistently starting his own party. Like, and being banned. <laughs> Moving to the court. Have you seen the Senate live where there's like, it focuses on like the Senate and all the, all the AMs. And then it's like, Neil McAvoy in a camera has to like switch over because he's in his own. <laughs> He's in the northeast there, like. Yeah, amazing. What will likely happen now? You'll have well, there is. I think. I think abolish the assembly will probably win about three at least, like regional list seats. So they'll have their own mad click, like. Um, yeah. Gareth Bennett will be there probably. Um, Reckless will be there. Richard Taylor as well, like. Oh yeah, like, Richard Taylor could be there. What did he do? He tried. He ran his own like. Um, uh, Labour, not Labour camp, but it was like kind of using it, wasn't he, in his church? And yeah, no, just like... well, this is one of those things where we have to say, allegedly, allegedly. he was um, allegedly. running, basically, he, he was running like a rehab Child facility trafficking, for, like... I think, people on, yeah, basically, he was running like a rehab facility, but like part of the rehab was like, you know, doing uh, like construction work for his church. So <laughs> that's what the allegation is. So that's and what he house. did, yeah. yeah. Okay. We always <laughs> get finished, uh, get to work on the extension. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen his tattoo? He's got a marijuana leaf on his arm. Oh, fucking like, legalise it. Like, that's all yeah. I want. I'm like, we just don't go legalise it. That's the next step. <laughs> yeah, gonna, that's why I'm a single issue author. Like, let's go for it. <laughs> What's that like? Um, yeah, it's always funny with like those sort of mad, not yeah, those fringe right wing parties. People always going on about other other left, just constantly splitting and like arguing about fuck all. And it's like you get that on like the sort of far right of like politics. You always get this thing in these, let's be honest, fucking second order elections, like the Welsh Assembly election and the European election, where they're like, oh yeah, we'll you know just have like a big UKIP contingent, and then they like immediately split within like two or three months. It's like April they're calling fucking. Everybody, uh, all sorts of bastards and bitches, like everyone just fucking hating each other. <laughs> so that'd be fun to watch. Like, like, a bit what, what, what I think is wild is like the far right have obviously like worked out that like Wales is such a basket case country that you can just get in these stupid, <laughs> yeah. you can get in the Senate and get 60 grand a year and just destroy it if you just stand as a single issue party like abolish. But the left, so like, you know, you could have, you could feasibly, you know, like one of the reasons Scotland's like public discourse is like way to the left in you know than wales is and their policies are so far you know the, the public common sense is so far to the left is because i think at least the fact that this ssp were yeah. in this in the scottish parliament for years dragging everyone to the left and making a real being a real pain in the ass with like tommy sheridan when he wasn't allegedly um engaging <laughs> in other things. but like you know that that's also like birthed a generation of like you know very strong socialists and there, there's a reason the S, yeah the SNP, despite being like a an obvious centrist party, are like far to the left of Welsh Labour, is because there's been a leftward drag in that. But like in Wales, there's never been any attempt to form like an actual socialist coalition between like trade unions, you know, people on the left applied to like set up a single issue party. So you can just get one person, even if it's just one person on the regional list, in there just being a pain in the ass, like you know, like a McAvoy, but, but left. we need a McAvoy on the left. <laughs> <laughs> who could this person be <laughs> who could this charming intelligent handsome individual <laughs> if I got 60 grand a year can you imagine a, well, I, I wouldn't be there I'd be in Turkey getting plastic surgery like for most of it <laughs> coming like, up with like, brown like really high, high, high brown like Aaron Osborne 
What's that like? No, I put like a Rob Lowe on behind the candelabra, like when he can't move his, <laughs> just can't move his face. What's that like? I go to like a Turkish barber, and like I was, you know, like made like some sort of offhand comment about going bald, and he was just like, "Yeah, go to Turkey, get a tray transplant, like you know, four thousand pounds." Yeah, yeah. So, I, they all the lads always tell you like it's get straight over there, and then it's I had <laughs> I, I had my haircut in Riverside. It was like straight out with photos. He's like, "Here's my cousin's place. You go here, like you guys, you get." <laughs> He was like, I'll sort you out. And I was like, oh, sound. So it's like all in one holiday. <laughs> if, if anywhere I go for plastic surgery, be like South Korea. like. Oh, yeah. They're the fucking world leaders. Like, they just love it. I was watching a documentary. Yeah, oh, horrendous. Right. I was watching a documentary on it. And this um, kid, he couldn't get employed. So he was just like, oh, I've you know sent my CV loads of places. I think my problem is that my nose isn't right. So I'm going to have to pay loads for a nose job. That's good. Like- what did you get done to it? I just turned into an elephant nose. <laughs> like a two pins Yeah, like. <laughs> you get surgery done, like, no. Spitting water at people. Well, well, the, one of the, the funniest story about COVID came at, like, the very start of. Do you remember? So there's that lad in Turkey getting his veneers, and obviously they, they shave you with the veneers. It's a disgusting thing. So they, they shave your teeth down to these disgusting little orchids. Yeah. Uh, and they, and then they screw the veneers on. And there was a story about the lad from Scotland who had his teeth filed down in Turkey. Then the operation, then the veneer part got cancelled because of COVID. Then he had to fly back to Scotland with his like little stumpy teeth, <laughs> little stumpy shark teeth for like a year. Did um, he? Uh, did he become like an underground criminal boss or something? Like no, we're pretty good. Pretty good. Co- ba- baby teeth, Patrick. Like. <laughs> um, all right. Should we move on to like proper news? Um, no. So obviously now we're um, recording on Skype, and behind each of us is a really. Uh, Really big Union Jack, as we approach. Yeah, it's flag, actually, man. Yeah, I got Hezbollah. <laughs> we have actually got Hezbollah flags, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, flag discourse has been pretty good over the last few days, isn't it? It's been like, um, I can't get over like how fucking tacky everything's become so fucking quickly. But it's also like, I don't want to be like one of those people like, oh, why, why can we go back to the 2012 Olympics? <laughs> really, like, like, that's it. On that slippery slope yeah. already. Yeah. I just I will actually read this is from the UK government website and it's part of the announcement that was made around um, about flying the Union Jack in all public buildings across the UK right so Oliver Dowden who's the culture secretary the, basically the, there's this statement on the on the UK government website and this is uh, all year round unless another flag is flown the Union flag uh, sorry the Union flag is the national flag of the United Kingdom and it is so called because it embodies the emblems of the constituent nations united under one sovereign. The Kingdom of England and Wales, of Scotland and of, Na- and of Northern Ireland. It genuinely sounds like it's been written in the, in like the 1700s. <laughs> it sounds like it's been written by Di Smith after the Glynneath flag roast. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still alive? Di Smith's no, alive, yeah. Oh. Well, what the fuck? That was Hal Francis who died, wasn't it? Oh, is he yeah. done? It was his son who died, and he just died. Like, he got fucking opened so hard by Jeremy Corbyn. He, like, he got an erection and all the blood, uh, like, just relocated itself in his body, and he just passed out. Like. Well, it, it reminds me, like, you know what Paul said about, like, you know, Boris has solved, like, the political crisis of Toryism, and they're now going to be, like, hegemonic for, like, the next 15 to 20 years at least. And all, and all these things just flow from the fact that they've obviously identified, well, the UK doesn't even need to be a fascist country, like because the people who are living it are just so insane and like <laughs> just patriotic. And you, there's no left, you know, that you don't have a left 
union movement that you need like fascism to, to crush because you've got like 90% of people in support of like hanging um, <laughs> under a sensibly democratic regime. So you don't need like sleepwalk into fascism when you've got like such a compliant media and like a, a weak, a weak, like sort of left movement do you just don't need it yeah but that's what's so weird about the uh, this this flag thing is that it's it, it's really unnecessary and i don't know whether it's just like such a provoking a, a culture war well i, I, think... I get that but i i don't know when you've got the power to implement policing bills like the one that's currently going through parliament like is it really necessary to just fly some flags do they think that that is somehow gonna like smooth the path for these these bills, or what? Do you know what I mean? It's all part of the same parcel, though. Yeah, really. What I think's happened here is I think the Tories did better than they expected in 2019. Yeah. I think what's all happened is that, as because of that, there's a new cohort of MPs who, who people they weren't expecting to be elected as MPs, and they are genuinely ideologically committed to the union and to a sort of very particular type of conservatism, which is like sort of great Britain can do no wrong. <laughs> I fucking love Britain. Like, yeah. but I genuinely think like there are, there will be like internal. Con- not contradictions, but like internal pressures within the Tory party between this new cohort of fucking absolute flag shagging MPs and like the more traditional sort of like we must do BPs bidding at all costs type Tories. I think that will come to a head. But I think ultimately, like the business class in this country, even with fucking Keir Starmer at the helm of the Labour Party, are still going to see the Tory party as their best bet of consider, you know, continuing and furthering their rule of things, you know what I mean? I reckon so, um, three of the Tory front benches have gone in together on a flag factory on Indonesia, in Indonesia, like... But so, like, it's fucking, like, insulting as hell. And it's like, I genuinely, like, I, I'm always, like, shocked when I meet people who are, like, genuinely proud to be British. But, like, I know that a lot of the fucking people espousing this don't genuinely believe this. None of them give a fuck about the flag. Like, now Boris Johnson probably didn't even give that much of a fuck about Britain before, like, yeah, <laughs> before, like, his, before, like this last election. Like, I think they're just basically, like, pretending to give a fuck and hoping that they trick the uh, gullible rules into voting, the rubes into voting for the flag. Like, and uh, hopefully it won't work, but... Yeah, I think that is what it is, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking horrendous. But the bigger thing is the policing stuff. So, like, you know, if you think of the chronology of what's happened, you had, you know, you've had... The policing bill has been on a back burner for a while, and Labour have been, like, planning to support it, you know, something that which was, like, obviously authoritarian and would criminalise forms of peaceful protest and, like, criminalise, you know, criticism of the government and so on and so forth. And what has changed is, like, you, you had a, a tragically... A, a young lady, Sarah Everard, who was allegedly being murdered by a serving Met police officer. There was then the vigil, in the peaceful vigil for Sarah Everard, where the Met just waded into it with batons and arrested everyone, which was like four. And and then obviously that that this has catalyzed this yeah. wave of discontent, which has now coalesced around the nature of policing and policing in particular. And obviously in Bristol, we've seen cops now. You know, like beating up peaceful protesters on camera. They attacked a, a, a mirror journalist last night who was like press, press, and they battened him. Um, and then the the maddest thing was like police have been, police have had broken bones. Like, and everyone was like, oh, horrific. And then it was like, oh, yeah, police have not got any broken bones. That was just like an obvious lie. Um, and the media, the rest of the media just like obviously just, yeah. just re- repeated police sources like verbatim. Um, yeah, that um, that police car that had supposedly been torched, I think it was a London protest, but then somebody did like a, a search of the license plate. And it had 
you know, MOT'd for like a year. <laughs> yeah, but, but cop, cars don't, cop cars don't need to be just caught, They told us to Swans police car. <laughs> but, like, I just, I mean, you had then every Labour MP, every sensible weighing in and saying this is appalling, like call, Jess Phillips and that calling the protesters thugs. Like, they've got this, like, tick where they have to, like, constantly appeal to this, like, imagined, incredibly right-wing... <laughs> Labour voter in the red wall who wants to like machine gun protesters. So their instinct is just to like, well, wow, how could we like? Who was that guy, Thomas? You know the the, the Welsh <laughs> Nick Thomas Simmons. Yeah, Nick Thomas it? Simmons, like the the Welsh uh, is it Starmer's advisor that freak. <laughs> um, just their instinct is just like to, and he was like, the police deserve better than this. While the police are just wading into like, he's <laughs> like, like ideal world. It's just like protesters turn up and just like immediately start sacking off the police. Like, this, <laughs> this, 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 like all, all, all the police like uniforms, just really short shorts. Like, <laughs> who was that guy, Tom of Finland, and all his like erotic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like um. That's the ideal. This is the world that uh, Thomas Nick Thomas Simmons was. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ludicrous, isn't it? It's just like it's so insane to like to look at people protesting and basically not armed or like lightly armed. You know, maybe you get a Molotov cocktail on a really fucking hairy day, and you see the police and they've got like vans, they've got cavalry, they've got like shields, they've got sticks, they've got fucking electric prods. Like, well, yeah, they're they're all it basically means that they can bring in the riot police for, I think the the, um, the the phrasing is like, obviously public nuisance, but even like public annoyance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyone, yeah. So yeah. Any, anyone with like a megaphone, basically. Yeah, well, anything above conversation level noise is considered a protest now. It's yeah, like that bloke in Cardiff who used to just walk around singing hymns into a loud singer. Like, Toy Mike like Trevor just getting yeah. beaten to death like by some riot police. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Trev got dragged for a mile behind a riot van. It's <laughs> fucking horrible, man. But, like, the thing is, as well, there is no, like, serious opposition to this. And the fact that, like, the Labour Party's interaction with this is not to support the protesters or to sort of even... Like, there were people calling for... I think Nadia Whitam was, that, like, vaguely left-wing MPs, like, associated with the AWL, and she was like, oh, we have to wait till the facts come out about Bristol. And then people were like, she should have the whip removed for asking for facts <laughs> about this. Like, oh, no, you just, you just have to, like, move straight to condemn, like, to go past go. What was, quite te- what was quite telling as well is Starmer only opposed the bill after, like, a woman was murdered. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Really. It's really like... Well, every, everything wrong with, like, the UK has been summed up in that. Like, not just the UK, sorry, but, like, the UK left. Is it, like, you had, you know, Sisters Uncut, like, a grassroots group leading the protest. Then you had sort of a Labour-adjacent, respectable group of people. Um, who wanted, the street, yeah, reclaim the street, who wanted to dominate it. And then there was this narrative about, like, oh, there's good protests and there's bad protests, which, like, these idiots couldn't, can't can't see how like pushing that narrative like actually is what is like just playing into the hands of the bill in the first place and then you've got like it doesn't matter the fact that cops are just beating up these crusty anarchists in public view the all anyone on the british celebrity left commentariat gives a shit about is how this affects the labor party it's just like it, it like it, it's actually incredible. Like you know, there's it, like there's an obvious need for like a mass grassroots like resistance <laughs> to it. And then it's like, oh, the socialist campaign group are going to write the letter now. Um, restore the whip to Jeremy Corbyn. Um, it's just like it does. I just can't foresee. You know, I can't see a situation where something bad would happen and they wouldn't 
their first instinct wouldn't be about like, ah, oh, what does this mean? Well, so what does this mean for the really, Labour Party? Like the, the Tory party seems so fucking dominant now. I mean, if they, if they were genuinely interested in what this would mean for the Labour Party, the only way the Labour Party or the Tory party is going to be destabilised and the Labour Party is going to regain any kind of fucking momentum is through mass protest. So, like, even if you look back to the fucking slow slide from sort of Kinnock to Blair and stuff. It's like the Tory party was delegitimised by the poll tax riot more than it was delegitimised by anything else. It knocked it onto his back feet. Like, you needed, like, the extra parliamentary movements to fucking support, you know, to, like, inspire people to go out and and believe that a fucking Labour government was even possible. And it's like, no, they're, they're cutting that off at the fucking knees, like. Yeah, they're not even bad. allowing that much, like. They're just like, oh, no, we're not, we're not even going to fucking support, like, these basic protests. And they're not even, like, you know, like, the poll tax protests are obviously, like, based on this very particular economic demand. These aren't even that fucking broad. These are just, like, police are literally just fucking killed a woman. And like, <laughs> like, like the fucking Met have got like all these un fucking punished cases of sexual assault and stuff, and it's like do something about it. And the police are just going in all bat and swinging, and then the Labour Party's like, we must condemn, we must condemn these awful protesters. Yeah, I mean, I will say it is a shame that this bill didn't pass before the EU protests. Because... <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking the dogs at the woofer end, don't they? Just you, Supergirl, just being cracked over the head. My, my application to join the Met Police was rejected, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? You, Supergirl. She fucking turned up. They had that protest on the woofer end, um, where it's all those fucking arenas with their dogs. They were like, oh, let's have a dog themed protest. You, Supergirl, turned up dressed like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it so much, man. Incredible. Well, speaking I was going to say just before we segue to dog, why don't um if the police have got dog units, I never understood. Like I was just thinking the other day, like would it be a good idea to just bring loads of dog treats and toys and stuff and just throw them and just confuse the dogs? Like it's a good idea. Like we like we get like the whistles. If you yeah. have like, a whistle, they freak out. But then again, it might just fucking turn and maul you. So. There's always that risk. Like, it's a gamble, isn't it? But yeah, uh, yeah as, as you say, speaking of... The whopper end thing is not a bad idea. Just bring other more aggressive dogs than the police. <laughs> just sort of a caters like, like, you know, like this. Yeah, prox- a proxy war. <laughs> 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 well, you basically... But I, I think... Um, I think the lads in Splot with all their pip, the American bullies and pits would win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> win. Like you just need, you just need to get all the lads from Splot down and just go, here you go, release, yeah, release, release the hounds on the. Uh... No, yes. like, you know when the Chagos Island does it when they like when they were trying to get them to move off their island in the Pacific so they could build a US base and they just like went and got all their dogs and gassed them and they like. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what they just doing splat if someone did that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that about the Chagos Spanish Islanders. Yeah, sorry, it was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> Talking oh, of dog genocide. Yeah, speed of dog genocide. <laughs> um, there's been. <laughs> well, that actually sounds like a bad dog genocide step. However, oh. speed of good dog genocides. <laughs> well, the, I mean, finally, I mean, I said on Twitter, like, finally, cause I can get behind, and it's completely unironic. But like, basically, there was a seal that has been like chilling on the banks of the Thames in London, like a beloved, friendly seal has just been there. Inevitably, in the UK, a dog mauled it to death. Um, then you had uh, Mike Parry, noted noted uh, th- analytical thinker Mike Parry, calling for like um, a do- death penalty for dogs that maul <laughs> people. 
But the thing is, like, okay, ignore the fact that like this is sing- the single most unpopular policy in the whole of the UK because it's a nation of freaks who need comfort from this disgust, these disgusting animals. Like, um, but like, you do need to like. I mean, obviously, I got mauled in the line of duty. Um, when he was sunbathing on the Thames, like. Yes, when I was sunbathing, <laughs> on the Thames. and I was confused, and I was confused for a sea by a, for a sea lion. But like, I mean, I just, I mean, I since then you realise like how insanely obsessed with dogs the UK is, and like, but also in in America, right? You have dog parks, so you can't have dogs just going and shitting on children's like play areas, like or, or like attacking kids like they do in, in the UK. In the US, like people train their dogs they actually it's a big industry to have like dog trainers whereas the uk you just have these suburban idiots who buy like kill like german shepherds you know like or dobermans and rottweilers and just don't train them just and just yeah. there's no requirement to keep them on leads you know the, the only time cardiff council did anything i agreed with was to, to basically ban dogs from like butte park and then they immediately overturned it because it was like a riot all these dog owners like Arr! it's yeah, I don't, to be honest, I don't really get it. So I already though, if a if a dog like mauls or uh, like a human, right, they can be put down. Are you calling for dog trials, like a full? <laughs> no, there, they, there is there there is at the moment dog trials. So dogs dogs go. That's crafts, court. isn't it? Dogs go to court and they get put on the stand, and they have um a little. There's also a, the lawyers are also dogs, and the judge is also <laughs> yeah, a dog. It's like the dogs playing cards, but for court. But no, like basically, yeah. there isn't. Um, there isn't. Like, so the dog, the dog that mauled me, got taken into a pound. He then got like released. He then mauled like numerous <laughs> other numerous other people, including like like a, a cop, which that was pretty funny. But like, um, um, there's no like hard and fast like rule about you know dogs being executed, and there needs obviously to be. A pro dog execution um, law that's so brought should in. Should be allowed firearms, but specifically to shoot I, dogs. Well, maybe you could yes. do um, what we did in Argentina and just um, throw dogs out of helicopters. Yeah, that would be good. All you need to do, dogs like dogs, just need to be regulated. Like, I mean, I mean, I think that you know the UK is disproportionately disproportionately obsessed with dogs because people in the UK's lives are like disproportionately miserable and pathetic and. Um, and, and that's the same reason why British people are obsessed with binge drinking because their lives are so awful. Other countries aren't like crippled with like. Well, well people can't make connections with each other, like interpersonal connections in this country. So they have to make you an, an animal with a brain the size of a walnut, like <laughs> to, to give you love and affection because your partner like and your children despise you. Um, and and so that's why like everyone, dogs, everyone owns a dog, and then you go. Like campaigning or canvassing. It is actually true, and I. I and every single house has like this massive sign, like "Beware, huge German Shepherd." Like if you step set foot on my, my in my house, you will just get like it'll go mad at And then the dogs are just will just go mental barking, and then the owner's like, "Ha, oh, don't worry." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's like, oh, he's oh like, did he bite your leg when you were running? Oh, come back, Shep. Um, <laughs> But I, I googled. My sister had a bad incident with the dog the other day, but um, I inevitably googled. Stole her wallet, didn't it? Well, I I googled all these incidents, uh, incidents in um, America where like, you know, a dog would attack someone or off the lead in a national park, and like an American citizen would just shoot the dog in front of the family. <laughs> <laughs> and I was fantasizing about being able. To- 
but like all you need to do is <laughs> make it mandatory to like you know tough on dogs and tough, tough on, on the cause of dogs. Tough on the cause of dogs. <laughs> make, no, basically, make it, you have to have a license to own a dog. So you have to have a training course, just like driving a car. You have to be able to train your dog and not just buy like a German Shepherd and just be able to raise it. Like, oh, do we want just like you know dogs or to buy a killer dog? Um, you need to be able to train it. You have to be able to train it. So you basically just have to have have to have a dog license, and then by then, once you have to regulate it. People will be so bored, and because they're so lazy and stupid, they won't um, they won't bother buying a dog again because it'll be too much hassle, and they'll buy like a lizard or something. <laughs> this, this statement has been paid for by Propel Party. Yeah, <laughs> but I was just finally finally some good news. So you know, like we might be sleepwalking into this like police state, but like if if they bring a duck. No, the thing is, they, I, I, it, realistically in the UK, it's far more likely to bring like the actual death penalty back than it is to like bring a death penalty in for dogs. It is true. <laughs> is, should we wrap up on that uh, inspiring that, note? That dog came to note. What's that like? Yeah. Um, what we normally do is it like album film of the week and it, it was, you, you lads go That could be dog, dog breed of the week. Yeah, dog, <laughs> which dog breed does he want to like <laughs> eradicate? Um, well, like we issue an order. Like Kieran a, can do um, like what? Chechen war of the week. Like Yeah. <laughs> illness of the week i think um if i was to ban any dogs it would be dogs that are basically cats yeah so, yeah your dogs that are no bigger than cats should be banned because they oh just... yeah yeah like no, i disagree with that because like i'm fucking tiny so like if you if you think like it's, it's all of, relative yeah it's like a medium dog like right. a, like a team whichever large dog is live is basically larger than me so i fucking maybe, hate yeah, maybe it needs to go by the owner's body weight then yeah, yeah. Like a fighting class, like yeah, that would class. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, you if you can't, basically, if you if the dog is too small to ride, then you shouldn't be allowed to own it. Ride as in <laughs> what sense now? Um, <laughs> any sense? <laughs> dog is too too small to bum. No dog is too small to bum. <laughs> Been a long lockdown for you, Kieran, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All the spate of dog thefts have got like a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's been a spate of dog thefts and dog pregnancies. Like, have any of you read anything good? Like, yeah, Kieran, do you want to do a book of the week? Book of the week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could do. I've been reading more some more Studs Turkle. I love I love his name and I love his books. What's that like? I've never fucking read anything of his. It's an episode of Friends where Ross is reading one of his books. That's the only thing, only yeah. interactive I've ever said to Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oral histories of America, they're really good. I, I recommend. And you got anything to recommend, Ron? Uh, well, I've still been reading just. All I read is books about, uh, about the petty bourgeoisie, and I read an article about the petty bourgeoisie in socialist Poland, which was a. Uh, which was excellent. But um, I've actually weirdly was like really down last week, so I started just. My my killing dogs like my cure for that yeah my cure for that apart from executing kidnapping executing beloved family pets is like um is listening to the Beatles or the Beach Boys and I came across I didn't know there's basically a Beatles album I didn't know existed called Beatles for Sale Sergeant Peppers no, yeah, the yeah. white album um, yeah Beatles for Sale it released in 1964 the same year as a Hard Day's Night and it's got eight days a week on it but the rest of it is just absolute filler and crap but um. I recommend it. Like I recommend this new band then, the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to um, sorry, Kieran. 
No, I, I wasn't going to say anything. Go on. What's that? Listen, like all the Beatles albums over lockdown, and it got to the point where I was like, I had like a sort of sixth sense, but also basically like an allergic reaction to the Paul McCartney songs. Yeah, like listening like the like the John Lennon ones about like what did it kill yourself and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, this is good. And like Paul McCartney come on, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> like fucking, like, like I'd just been immersed in acid. So yeah, that's my recommendation of the week is like skip when I'm sixty four and stuff if you listen to the Beatles. Yeah, you can uh, tell, the yeah, songs were my favourite songs when I was under the age of ten. Yeah, <laughs> post ten is like the Lennon era. Yeah, man, I love that fucking one um, on White Album. Is that song "You Your Blues"? And it's just like feels so lonely, wanna die. It's like the only lyrics to it. Fucking remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was feeling that like during lockdown. It's pretty good. So anyway, Nate, have you got any recommendations or anything? Yeah, films of the week. I watched uh, Fences, the Denzel Washington thing, which is amazing. So good. Yeah, it's class. He directed it as well, and it's based on a play. I know sometimes you're watching a film, like, this is definitely based on a play. Like, it's all the dialogue and everything. Um, I watched um, Lone Survivor because I was... Was that good? uh, That's based on a play, isn't it? Yeah, it's, based, yeah, it's based on an Ibsen play. Um, <laughs> no, but so it was a Mark Wahlberg film, and I was watching it because I bought an exercise bike, um, and so I just sit in the exercise bike, and I was like, oh, I'll watch like a mindless film to pass the time. And it was actually like Did you cycle as well, or just like? Well, it was no, I just sat. I just used the exercise bike to sit on as a seat. Like, um, <laughs> Spiking. Um, I think stuck. I might have sent it to you the clip because it was like the Taliban in it are literally like the the terrorists in Team America. yeah it's actually incredible Um, yeah it was just like and you know the seals have these like moments where they basically like justify killing (laughs) killing children it's like if you don't kill that child tomorrow that kid's gonna blow up a u.s hey man he's gonna grow up he's gonna kill all of us man we're gonna kill him yeah, and it's like, don't you I'd care like about the children? Yeah, and then it's like, don't you care about children? He's like, I care about you. I care about this mission. I care about U.S. soldiers. And then it's it's just like, it, it's it's so thinly, uh, it's just incredible the levels of propaganda. Is, is like, there a bit in there where he just randomly just defends blind blind a Vietnamese shopkeeper as a child? Yeah, yeah man, <laughs> I blind a Vietnamese shopkeeper. You deserved it, man. You should become a terrorist. I knew. It's fucking incredible with Mark Wahlberg, isn't it? He was like trying to get that conviction purged from his record so that he could be the legal owner of a chain of burger restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> the worst man alive. It was just an incredibly terrible film, like a terrible film, just like basically US State Department propaganda. Like, And Wahlberg is like such a terrible actor. Yeah, but I fucking love films like that. I don't know. He's, he's great in Boogie Nights, isn't he? He's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing in Boogie Nights. He's good in The Departed, but it was just it was just so bad. Like, because he just he's constantly like surprised at everything. Like, huh? <laughs> what? Is it? Huh? Oh my god! Um, oh my god! It's a Transformer, guys! I didn't realize yeah. it's a big Transformer. Yeah. Whoa. I think the only film I've seen him in is the other guys, man. The other guys in the Departed. The other guys in the fucking Transformer film. Um, he's also great in that. He's good in Departed. Well, The Departed is a good film. Yeah, that's a remake of Internal Affairs, isn't it? But I don't, yeah, I don't avoid that film. That gives, I give that a thumbs down. I watched the new Netflix film last night called Shattered Illusions, and it was just so insanely shit. Like, I love it. This is an anti-film recommendation. This anti-film recommendation. What's that? We'll give a shout out to another film though called Terry, which is really good. John C. Riley and this kid who just keeps going to school in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. class. 
Well, so I'm going to just recommend that everyone listen to Funkadelic. That's what, that's what I'm going to say at the end. Anything else, lads? No, I think that's it. So I think this this wraps up our first, and hopefully the next one won't be uh, too far behind it. Yeah. Well, Kieran wanted to speak about the Yes Camry video, which happened about six months ago. Yeah, yes, that was it. <laughs> Kieran's just woken from a coma. What's been going on? I'm still, I'm still like thinking about that yeah, on the right. Oh, you say six months. When did that actually happen? Because to me, it feels it probably wasn't too. It probably wasn't that long ago, mate. To be honest, like I mean, the, the, it was like the royal family disintegrated, you know, a few weeks ago, and that feels like old news. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I found that hot wheels map, like. Well, what I well, what I realized was awful was that when all obviously wrote, he, he drew the the naked man. I realized to my heart that he based it he based it on me, like because. Obviously, he sees me walking around like that, like, <laughs> and he's just drawn it from memory. Just this rotund bloke covered in hair, like, um, <laughs> and people are like that's disgusting. I was like, yeah, yeah, we've been like. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, obviously, thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week with uh, regular news round, and then hopefully a month from now with another like panel discussion of of how to kill dogs. All right. In the east side of Los Angeles were originally built around the silent film studios. Back then the area was known as Edendale. In 1978, a Silver Lake resident discovered a can of film in his basement. In the movie, a young man holds a note in front of the camera. It reads, no one will ever be happy here until all the dogs are dead. He then shoots himself in the head with a pistol. Man was an inspiring actor who saw himself as the next Douglas Fairbanks. He was said to have been jealous of animals, specifically citing a deep contempt for Teddy the Wonder Dog. He resented the dog's success and blamed all dogs for his failed life. This author believes the suicide of this obscure and failed actor might be the origin or impetus for the modern-day dog killer. Is Edendale cursed? For now, the answers remain hidden, deep below the surface, under the Silver Lake.